Howdy do who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 210. Yes. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. It seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Hope you've all had a cracking week. Uh, that you've managed to do managed something. Managed to do something. Doctor Who, who related. related. Oh, yes. yeah. oh, yeah. We did something Doctor Who related. We did, didn't we? Yeah. So did quite a few others. We went to the pictures. <laughs> we went to the movies. The movies, yeah. Now, it's good. We had a good weekend, didn't we? Last week, we told you that we were off to the BFI on Saturday. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Crikey. Yes, yeah. Saturday. Yeah, I know. Yeah. On Saturday, we um, we got there and we was all mingling around. That's all. Well, that's a good bit before you go in. Yeah. You meet all the other Who fans that turned up and we had a chat to a few people as usual. We didn't get a chance to talk to everybody. It's quite busy. Loads of people there. And then we went into our showing of Earthshock from the upcoming series. 19. 19, thank you. Mm. Um, box set. We saw it in all its HD remastered glory. Mm. With a fantastic audio mix as well. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Really good. Yes. So has yeah. that changed your opinion, buddy, of Earthshock? Because I think we reviewed it <laughs> fairly high, actually, because it's one of my fave Davison stories. Yeah, no, I just loved it even more. Actually, I think it's, I think it's a great story. Um, <clears throat> brilliant to see it on the big screen. Like I said, the audio mix was good, and um, yeah, it did did look good. I mean, they you know th- these things were filmed on quite low budget uh, videotape or whatever back then. It is incredible what they can do. It's never going to look like you know like it was made yesterday, but I think they do an incredible job. And like you said, the sound mix was great. Yeah. Excellent in full <laughs> surround sound, bursting out at us. It was brilliant, actually. My my favourite bits were they, we got to see a couple of the little extras that are going to be on the Blu-ray set as well. Yeah. And there were some great outtakes of Beryl Reed being really stroppy, wasn't she? <laughs> really really like she's like, I'm yeah. bored. When are we going to do some filming? And she's like really kicking off with the producer. And he's like, yeah, sorry, Mrs. Reed. We'll be just a moment. Just bear for a moment. It's the BBC. And uh, oh, they were just great. And old, poor old Davis is in the background just looking like, uh-oh, she's off again. He's off again. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, it was brilliant, actually. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Pack Cinema as well. Full house. It was a full house. Yeah. Because, I mean, I like you said, I, I love it when the, the sort of, being with other Doctor Who fans as well as seeing obviously Earthshock on the big screen was great but I managed to get there a little bit early um, 
so could actually chat to you before we went in because I'm I'm not very good at getting up in the mornings and I thought oh, if I miss that train <laughs> I'm literally going to get there as it starts there were sort of two trains and um, I managed to get a bit early and, and mingle and chat which was great and uh, there were so many people there that we sort of chat to regularly via Facebook and, and everything mm, um, it's really yeah. good to actually meet them and obviously chat afterwards as well in the bar it was brilliant but yeah it was Earthshock looked and sounded fantastic I thought um, and I, th- I still regard it as a great story and I I think when we reviewed it I might have been a little harsh on Beryl Reed. I think I said she was miscast and yeah, not particularly it. right for that part yeah. but um, I still sort of stand by that a little bit but then having watched it I think she does add a fun element to it a bit of a guilty pleasure element to it doesn't she I think so yeah I think the so. way she says yeah. mister get my bonus mister all the time it's quite yeah. funny really so um yeah it was good though it was and i i'd forgotten how just how many times the the cyber leader said excellent excellent yeah throughout. i know it's funny because it, i was thinking if you're playing a drinking game you'd be smashed within the first part i think no maybe not the first part because they turn up at the end don't they but yeah he does say it a lot actually excellent. i noticed it more i'll tell you why i noticed it more <laughs> Uh, watching it in there because I, every time he said it there's little chuckles in the audience and it sort of heightened my awareness yeah. of how many times he actually says it <laughs> it was great wasn't it it's yeah like cyber leader we have captured them excellent excellent cyber leader something's just happened excellent excellent and yeah. we excellent <laughs> maybe that yeah. could be a new text message tone on your phone Excellent. <laughs> I also never know. Well, I've never really picked up on. There's a scene where these two Cybermen are just sort of, I don't know, they're just standing near a, in the corridor bit, having a natter, which I've never really sort of noticed before, but it got a few chuckles. And I was like, yeah. Because it looks like they're having a little chat, doesn't it? And it's it like two Cybermen yeah. just having a little, have you been there? No, oh, not too bad, but God, the old Cyber leader, he don't have to go on. And, you know, you can sort of overdub a really funny little conversation on that scene, I think. it's. Uh, I never really noticed that before. So it, it does, you know, when you watch it with other fans and in a group like that, you do sort of pick up on these things because there's little laughs and little groans and things in different bits. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a good experience. Yeah, And they left in, in sort of Star Wars Episode Four styly they left mm. in the the trip as well so you know in episode four you see oh, one yes. of the stormtroopers hit his head on the way in yeah so in this one you see the cyber leader trip down the last step as yeah. he's walking in front of the doctor and that got a little laugh as well but i'd never noticed that i'd never know that's a that's a yeah. prime example <laughs> i've never noticed that before either yeah they didn't cut it out though they left it in fair play no i'm glad because yeah. cybermen trip over too yeah <laughs> I'm glad they I'd, I'd hate it if they cut things out like that I know there was a time when I think on some of the restoration they might have removed digitally removed a few boom shadows yes. from some of the Hartnell yeah. stories and uh, I was thinking no that's part of it that's part of when it was made in the charm like I you know the restoration is brilliant but you, I don't know it must be hard to know where to draw the line I suppose but um, yeah leave boom shadows in <clears throat> leave all the fluffs leave all the trips in I think it it makes the program even better <laughs> It's great, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we had a cracking time there. It was all very, very good. We did. I uh, don't think we've been up to much else. I certainly haven't. Um, no, no. No, I haven't been up to much, mate. I, well, one thing I'll just go back to BFI, though, is that the Q&A with Eric and Matthew was, uh, I thought, very entertaining. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. in, the, in the sense that they were like chalk and cheese. <laughs> two totally different personalities, funny, weren't they? Though. Yeah, funny. Very funny, yeah. yeah. I mean, Eric is very dry, uh-huh. sort of a lot of one-word answers, very, very quiet, very quiet in answering. And 
I might answer that. It was very quite. And Matthew's really loud, and he kept making Eric jump, didn't he? And it was so funny because Eric was like, "Matthew, for goodness' sake, can you give us a warning when you're going to shout like that?" And so it was. They were a quite a funny pair, I thought, on that stage. They were, and yeah. um, I'm still. I think I said this to you afterwards, or somebody else, but I'm still not a hundred percent sold on what Matthew's answers were to a couple of questions. As in, you didn't believe what he was saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the main one was. Obviously, him being killed off, and he when when the guy answered the question, he sort of without hesitation just blew into his answer like, "Yeah, yes, I thought you know I, I'd read the script beforehand because I saw Peter's Peter had it, so I knew that Adric was going to die, and I thought it was mm. the greatest thing, you know. There's, <laughs> I thought it was such a great thing for a companion to die and stay dead, and I just thought it was a fantastic thing for the show, and I wasn't bothered at all. I loved it." And I thought, oh, come on. Because I think everybody who's involved, who was involved in the show at that time, you know, Peter, Sarah Sutton, Jeanette, all, even some of the crew, all of them say to the contrary. They yeah, all was... of them say, don't they, <laughs> that, you know, he, he was a moody little so-and-so and was stroppy and didn't want to go and all the rest of it. But then you've got, you know, nowadays he's like, oh, I thought it was fantastic writing. I'm just not <laughs> yeah. buying it, mate. No, I think right. if uh, Peter and particularly Janet had been there, I think he would have got shouted down. <laughs> I think <laughs> but, so. Yeah. But I think because he had free reign, and obviously Eric isn't going to shout him down, but um, I think because he had to almost the stage to himself, really, I think he, yeah, he took a, <laughs> uh, he took, what do they call it, artistic liberties? I think he just, yeah. Because I, I suppose there's probably a truth in it now. I think if I was him, I'd probably, he's probably reflected on it. And he might feel like a bit of that now, you know, that, oh, well, actually, yeah, it was a good thing. Because it's, you know, quite, it's it's something Doctor Who fans will remember, you know, forever, isn't it? It's quite a yeah, yeah. pivotal moment. So it's good to be part of that. But yeah, I must admit, when he was saying all that, I kept thinking, I'm sure that's not what you've said in different interviews. And also I'm pretty sure in his book, I can't remember, I read his book ages ago where he talks about himself in the third person, which is bizarre, but um, I'm sure in the book he says he, he wasn't very happy at the time. I don't know. Anyway, I must admit there were a few bits that, like you where I was thinking, yeah, okay, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but he was interesting. He was funny. He was, he was quite good. articulate, yeah. wasn't he? <laughs> he was. And, uh, and, and what I really liked is they did a little sign in afterwards and, um, Normally at these things, they'll come out of the sort of screening and then there's a sort of um, look, corridor between the screening room and the green room door where they all go and get lashed. <laughs> and um, they normally just sort of come out and sign in there. But I guess it, it creates a bit of a blockage because it's in that sort of hallway. So this time they actually gave him a little room, mm, uh, which made things so much more pleasant because rather than sort of everyone bundling around them trying to get in, oh, can I get one? You know, it was just a nice orderly little queue up to a table where they sat and they signed. And I thought, that's really good. And they check your ticket as well. Mm. Um, Because a lot of the time, you know, when you get, uh, well, I don't mean to be rude about Eric and Matthew, but, you know, the BFI gets some really, really big stars there. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a good opportunity sometimes to meet somebody that, you know, you might not otherwise get to meet and get an autograph. It doesn't always happen, but it, it can at the beer fight. So it was nice that they, you know, actually had the ticket thing because a lot of dealers turn up and, you know, just have about 20 things to sign and you're trying to get your thing signed and you're thinking, I was actually, I've actually paid to be here. You know, you've just turned up with your folder of goodies and it can be a bit annoying. But yeah, I just thought it was really nice to have that table 
for them to sign it made things more pleasant and um and gave us sort of got us out of the way of uh, blocking the bfi walkway as well so that was good yeah. it was good yes did you go into yeah. the signing i didn't see you in there no mate because i forgot to bring my i was going to bring my copy of Earthshock to to get it signed but as usual something gets forgotten every time all <laughs> oh, right so That's i just went I straight to the bar mate <laughs> straight to the bar yeah. uh, that's what I took actually is my copy of Earthshock I had a quick look online uh, a couple of days before on Google Images to try and find a picture of Eric and a picture of Matthew to print out at home to, to take with me <laughs> there are not a lot of good pictures of those guys <laughs> online I've got to tell you yeah. my partner a- actually gasped at the photo I found of it. I found one picture of Eric that I thought was reasonable mm. and it was a screen grab from and you know one of the DVD extras and he's sort of mid-flow talking I thought well that's gonna have to do because I can't find any and my partner was like god who's that I was like no it's just a very unflattering photo it's just like it's the only one I can find so I just I abandoned those pictures in the end and uh, just took my Earthshot DVD to get signed so I was very happy with that I got him to sign it inside as well because a lot of people get them to sign the cover and I quite quite like the artwork I don't know I've got this thing about not ruining the artwork so I got them to sign inside the silver case and it looks okay. really good, actually. I, was, I wasn't sure whether it would work. Hmm. I thought, am I going to regret that? But it looks really cool. So, yeah, I was happy with that. Good times, mate. Yeah, overall, mate, well, it wasn't it? It's a cracking day. Another another great day. And I just, I yeah. can't wait for more, really. I just love these BFI events. Yes, and I uh, can't wait to get the, the box set itself. I know it's been pushed back um, again. I think it's December now, isn't it? December it's gone back to yeah as, as I said as long as they get the disc right this time I don't care if they keep putting it back but yeah December and um, yeah I'm well looking forward to it especially the little interview with Davison and Matthew Sweet um, I, did, I don't know if you saw but I had a really nice little chat with Matthew Sweet at the bar um, he's the guy who interviews yeah. he did an interview with Tom Baker on the season 12 and he's done an interview with Peter on this one and I saw him chatting and I thought, oh, I don't really want to interrupt him, but I wonder if I could get a sneaky pic with him. So I went up and I asked him and to my delight, he was charming. I, you never know, do you? You never know. I looked yeah. at him and I thought, is he going to be one of these that'll be like, oh, God. But he wasn't. He was really nice. We actually had a probably about a 10 minute conversation at the bar about, um, we were talking about Tom Baker, actually. I was saying about how he's mellowed and we were talking about the interview you did with him and Peter and all that sort of stuff. So it was a really good little little chat. That was a nice little highlight of the day as well. So yeah, all in all, very good. You can always, always a good time at the bar. Always, <laughs> always a good time to be found at the bar. Indeed, yeah, and that's what's cool about these events as well. You um, you often just hang out and chat about it and talk mm. to who in general. It's very good. Very good. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, Okie dokie. Based on that, then, shall we land it and get this news out of the way? Okay. First bit of news then, the William Hartnell plaque that was unveiled uh, recently over at Ealing Studios. The uh, Doctor Who Appreciation Society have done uh, a nice little uh, sort of mini documentary uh, about it and about William Hartnell himself. It lasts around half an hour, I think, uh, which is really nice. It's the um, They've got cameras over there at the Ealing Studios, so they were there to see it being unveiled and stuff, and there's a bunch of... Um, interviews with uh, a bunch of family and friends of William Hartnell, and um, and it's also got some uh, 
uh, uh, interviews on there that the Dwas uh, has got in their archive, I think, um, which they've also put in there. So it's like a half an hour's worth of really cool little Hartnell-esque um, mini documentary from those guys. So um, it's just lovely. It's lovely to see that stuff, you know. It's a nice little surprise, isn't it? Mm. That I mean, I, I haven't watched this yet. I'm going to watch it this afternoon. But uh, yeah, what a lovely little thing to have because there was, yeah, um, William... Um, William Russell was there, wasn't he? And and, and uh, Caroline Ford and and I think Julian Glover. So yeah, I'm, that sounds really really cool. We we met Rick from Dwas, didn't we? On, Rick Moran, yes, yeah, uh, was there uh, the BFI thing on Saturday, and uh, we had a really nice chat with him. So yes, that's great. I shall be watching that this afternoon. Yes, DWAS online on YouTube, and it's a uh, it's their latest video. So give that a go. It's good. Fantastic. Right, on to Series 11 ratings news. Uh, and they continue to be good. Hurrah! Hurrah. The general public are loving it, even if the fans aren't. No, I'm joking. No, it's, it's good. It's it's a healthy, a very healthy <laughs> figure for uh, Demons of the Punjab, which got 7.8 million viewers after they added on all the iPlayer bits and bobs and things. Bits and and uh, it, it was the eighth most watched program of the week. Cool. So Doctor yeah. Who continuing to be very strong in the ratings, uh, which is which is great actually. I mean, despite my feelings on things that are right and wrong with Series Eleven, one thing I can't deny is that it's back in the public domain again and doing well. So yeah, that's great, absolutely great. Very cool. And Kablam, yeah. the overnight figures for Kablam, uh, it was just under six million, so five point nine three. Right, so that might even be higher then. Uh, by the time they've added on all the bits, so yeah, yeah, it's going, it's doing well, isn't it? It's doing very well. Yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's been this talk about ratings slipping and stuff, but I think they're incredibly healthy viewing figures for all all the episodes so far. I would say know? so, and I think yeah. that's um, sort of par for the course for most TV series. It is. Really. Yeah, I think it, you, it starts strong, and they usually, even if it's a strong series, you still have a little bit of a a lull, that, but not in a negative way. It's just the nature of the beast, isn't it? Mm. And yeah. the, and the time slots changed as well because it's been around seven o'clock up until now. But it's um, these next few episodes, including Kablam, uh, are all going out at six thirty, uh, so it's slightly earlier. And mm. I wondered if that would affect things. And uh, judging by the overnights for Kablam, it's just made it um, even more viewers. So it might even be a good thing. Yeah, very cool. Possibly. Uh, and last bit of news: um, the Christmas Day special. It's gone. It's gone. Right, Christmas Day. It's yeah. See you later. Doctor Who's been been bumped to the next public holiday in the well, around the world, which is New Year's Day. So we're not going to get the Xmas special anymore. So no more Christmas turkey and stuffing and wine and chilling out. It's now going to be come on. This hangover needs to get rid. I need to get rid of this hangover so I can enjoy Doctor Who. So I don't know how you feel about this. It's a real, really weird one for me because for the last few years, I think the last five, maybe six years, I've not even been in the UK over Christmas. No, you haven't. No, but I still love it on Christmas Day. It's just a traditional thing. Yeah. It's just one of those things for me. But I know you don't mind this, do you? I, well, I'm just happy because it means I'll I'll probably get to see it when it goes out because I think as I said on the last podcast uh, Christmas Day I, I never get to hear a word of it you know even if it's on the TV you know I always spend it with all my family so I never really get to watch it properly until you know the day after or whatever so um, there's a good chance New Year's 
New Year's Day, I'll just be doing nothing. I'll be, you know, hung over in front of the TV. So I'll get to see it. But I do, I do share your sadness about the Christmas Day thing. And I can hear, I can see Stephen Moffat throwing his uh, wine glass at the TV when he heard this TV news. number three needed. Yeah, TV number three. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, you know he fought so hard to keep the christmas special so we are led to believe anyway so i do have mixed feelings about it i'll be honest with you it's um it does feel a bit sad not to have it on christmas day because it <laughs> it kind of christmas day is sort of the the bbc highlight highlight all their favorite shows with specials don't they like they do. call yep. the blimmin midwife and uh <laughs> things like that you know and eastenders oh you know but all the things that the bbc love and fawn over all the time they like to have a special to say look here's our top shows it's christmas day so in that sense i'm a bit sad that doctor who's not sort of in that bracket anymore as far as the BBC are concerned, and that they've gone for a New Year's Day special mm. instead. Um, and also, I wonder if it's down to Chibbers. I don't know about you, but I, I think this is probably more Chibnall's decision than the BBC's. And I, I have nothing to back that up. It's just a gut feeling because I he didn't want to write the last Christmas special, mm-hmm. so the Moth did it. Um, I think I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Yeah, yes. that's, that was what was reported, that yep. Chibnall did not want to write the Christmas special, so Moffat took over and, and did it, or he didn't want to start a series on a Christmas special or something. So maybe Chibnall just doesn't like the whole Christmas special thing. You know, Maybe he doesn't want to write a Christmas episode, so he's bumped it to Newsday. Who knows? But yeah, mm. either way, I'm, I'm sort of sl- a little bit sad, but I'm also not too bothered it'll suit me personally better on new year's day but yeah 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 it does seem a bit sad not to have one on christmas day it does a little bit and also we've got a strange little gap now haven't we because episode 10 will will go out like the second week of no of december so that's the end of the of mm. series 11 and then you've got two weeks of me 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 and then you've got the the, the new year's day special so it seems a bit mm. awkward to me i don't know it's probably fine. It's probably all good, but I would just prefer it on Crimbo Day. Yeah, I, if I had a preference, I think I would put it on Christmas Day. But I'm not too bothered about it being New Year's Day. But if I had a preference, yeah, yeah. it would be Christmas Day. Anyways, yeah. So don't worry about Christmas Day, everyone. <laughs> Chibbers obviously doesn't. So no. just crack on, and then we'll see you at see you, you on can, New Year's Day. You can all enjoy EastEnders instead. Oh, good luck with that the other thing also is that does this mean that is it like a club where when you leave that's it it's like a, it's like when you split up with somebody oh. it's like you don't come back if you're going mm. then you're going you're not coming back that that is the other worrying thing isn't it yeah, yeah. and I think that's what Moffat was worried about when he said you know I need to write the Christmas special or we won't get them anymore um, so that is the other thing that's a bit worrying about it yeah mm, is a little bit Mm. Oh well. Anyway, there are more things to worry about. What's Dalek Tat worrying about? Exactly, to see what he's bloody well got. Come on. (laughs) Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. (sighs) What has he got then? Oh, just a couple of bits. Thank you. Thank Every you. time he comes in, he's always mumbling something about Daleks and Terry Nation. What's he on about? He keeps going, oh, no Daleks in Series 11. Is it because there's no Daleks in Series 11? Is that why he's all stroffy? Well, no, he's he's turned around now. Because at the start of the series, 
he was very, very miffed. He was like, I'm not happy about this. So normal response is, I'll just shut up. (laughs) Shut up and get on doing whatever you're doing. But now he's just very smug. He's like, where are your monsters now? Oh, I see. Where are your villains now? (laughs) Oh, is that what it is? I just can't work him out. So he sort of did a little camp, little John Barrowman-esque little twirl then. (laughs) Slammed the tray down and now he's he's a bit sassy. (laughs) Sassy Dalek tat. Sassy Dalek, yeah. (laughs) Anyways. I'll pick this up off the floor. Thank you. Uh, the uh, guys over at Big Finish are continuing with the Time War. Oh, yeah. They did the... Um, when was this out? I can't even remember when Volume 1 was out. Nor can I. I haven't got a clue. A little while ago. <laughs> they, they just released too much stuff. I can't keep track of it, honestly. No, no. Uh, anyways, uh, if you liked the first volume of the Time War, was it a McGann story? Was it a McGann? No, I can't... Oh, crikey. I don't know. Anyways... <laughs> the Time War Volume 2 uh, is out on... Uh, it's not out until March 2019, but it is up for pre-order mm. on the Big Finish website. And it comprises four stories. Havoc by David Llewellyn. Uh, Partisans by Una McCormack. Collateral by Lisa Mc- McMullen. And Assassins by Matt Fitton. Mm. So, some little one-word uh, titles there. It all sounds pretty good. Um, it stars, um, uh, it stars, uh, Lala Ward, mm-hmm. Sean, uh, Sean Carlson and Terence Hardiman. There's no blurb as yet. I can't give you a synopsis on stuff, but if you're a fan of the first one, you can go over and order it 20 quid for digital 23 for the CD. So the demon headmaster guy. On the front, because it's got a really nice cover. Whoever's done the artwork, I like it. So it's a nice picture of Lala, some guy in the middle. That guy on the left in the sort of rassalon looking clothes. Is that the Demon Head Master guy? I think so. Do you, do you remember the Demon Head Master? Yeah, He's, from yeah. BBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it, it looks is, like yeah. him. Mm. I don't know if it is, but yeah, somewhere out there, I know. Yeah, well, I don't know. The, I don't know the actor's name, so I can't can't confirm it. But uh, yeah, it just looked a bit like him. Yeah, Will Brooks did the cover. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I like it, Mr. Brooks. It's yep. very nice. Yeah, they, he's managed to find a, a different picture of Lala as well. Do you know what I mean? Quite an unusual picture of mm. of uh, Lala. I don't know where he's got that from, but uh, it looks good. I think... Uh, just quickly Googling the Demon Head Master. I think it's Terence Hardiman. And I, yeah. I think he plays Rassilon in this. Ah, so it is him. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. So uh, I know a lot, you know, uh, listeners of, of my age will, will remember that show. He was fantastic as this really scary, yes, brilliant. Uh, well, yeah. demon headmaster. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's really cool to see him and do a bit of a big finish. So very cool. Right. In other news, there's something called Black Friday. Is there? <clears throat> yeah. I didn't know where, about that. Which, yeah, I, I've never, never quite got my head around this concept. So people used to go and have fights in shops over big TVs, but <laughs> nowadays you can actually order these things online. It's more, so you don't have to have a fight anymore. It's more civilised. Unless you want to. <laughs> well, it's much more civilised. Yeah, you can shout at your, <laughs> shout at your uh, PC instead. Um, and there's a couple of... Amazon have put a couple of Doctor Who thingamajigs in this Black Friday sale. Um, so anyone who hasn't yet got the Bill Potts action figure... Gary, I'm looking at you. Uh, you can now get it for £9.60, which is the lowest price it's been. Apparently, this price does keep fluctuating as well. I don't know why it keeps going up 
and down and mm-hmm. up and down. Mm-hmm. But at the minute, it's £9.60 on Amazon. Uh, so somebody might want to grab one of those. Um, I think there's only about a thousand left. So you better be quick. Uh, you do have to spend a minimum of 20 quid to get free postage today, which really bugs me on Amazon. I don't know about you, but I, sometimes I've been like one penny below. And yeah, anyway, it's on there. Uh, you could also bump up your basket price with a couple of steel books. So they've got the Series 3 steel book in the Black Friday sale, which is sixteen forty nine at the minute, which is good price. Not too bad. Yeah, you grabbed yeah. that, didn't you? Did you yeah, grab I got that? that a while ago. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, I thought you'd got it from sale. I must be thinking to someone else. And uh, the beautiful Series 2 steel books in the sale as well. Uh, and that's currently going for a 15 39 <laughs> where'd they get these prices anyway so that's a very good price as well because these normally retail about 30 pounds don't they they do or 25 yeah. somewhere around yeah. there so it's quite a good reduction and um yeah series steel series two steel books lovely series three is good as well they're all nice yeah yeah series two they're gorgeous gorgeous yeah. yeah yeah well worth getting if you haven't already got them yeah so if you don't fancy a ruck down at ikea or something yeah. Throwing a few fists around, then that's right. Then jump on there, yeah. Yeah. Right, that's news and merch done. What are we reviewing this week, my good friend? So this week, uh, episode seven of series eleven called Kablam. Welcome to Kablam. Kablam's the biggest retailer in this galaxy. This came to me in a delivery. A man is missing, and I don't think he's the first. I might start to suspect that you're responsible. Kablam! Kablam! Kablamo! Kablam! Yes. <laughs> right, so it was out just this Sunday, gone the 18th of November. It was written by, I can't pronounce the, the surname. I'm going to give it a go. Pete. Go on. Matigue? Matigue? Matigue. I'm going to call him McTiger. Pete McTiger. Pete McTiger. <laughs> that's, it's not McTiger, but that's what I'm going to call him. It was directed by Jennifer <laughs> Perro. I hope I'm saying that right as well. Usual TARDIS team and then a relatively uh, decent uh, supporting cast in this one. The story is the Doctor gets a package via a teleported robot thing. And she, uh, along with her very fetching Fez, she gets a little note and it just says very simply, help me. So they all go off to uh, Kablam, which is the huge uh, kind of Amazon style warehouse somewhere. And they find that something is afoot. So the robots, um, which they think are very creepy and stuff and something looks all right. Uh, it turns out it's uh, one of the dudes that works there in maintenance. He's been siphoning off all of these robots over time under the disguise of a power drain to build up this very, very big army. So he can send it all off to wherever, can't remember, and kill everybody with the bubble wrap. Kill a bubble wrap, hey? Kill a bubble wrap. Who thought we'd see that again? Indeed. Uh, so that's Kablam. What did you think to this one, buddy? Mm, um, yeah, I thought it was okay. Uh, that's about as much as I, I just thought it was a bit average, really. I thought it was okay. I thought it was enjoyable in the sense that it was a sort of little standalone story that sort of, you know, didn't have any linking to anything else. And uh, I guess it harked back to the sort of RTD Moffat era in that sense. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was a bit surprised, really. I, when I went online afterwards, uh, people were loving this. Mm-hmm. They were raving about it, like saying, oh, that was, oh, I really enjoyed that. It was the best episode this series. And I was thinking, really? I thought, oh, that's all right. I'll give it another watch. Perhaps I'm in one of my 
moods i thought so i gave it another watch yesterday thinking yeah let's see why are people raving about this thing because I, I didn't think it was bad i thought some of the acting was bad i thought right. some of the acting was atrocious in this one uh, which i think is what kind of ruined it for me a little bit on the first watch i was like god they're really hamming it up um so second watch yesterday uh, i still thought the acting was bad but um but i can see why people liked it and i and i did enjoy it as I said, as, a, as an episode, I just wouldn't rave about it, I guess is what I'm saying. I I just thought it was a a fairly decent little adventure. And that's it. It didn't it didn't do much for me, really. I like the Kablam Man robots. Okay. I thought, yeah, they're good. Like that. Nice bit of creepiness. I like the fact that somebody actually got their comeuppance at the end, although in a way, <laughs> he wasn't really... Well, he was evil, but he wasn't like a nasty villain. But it was good to see somebody getting in their comeuppance at last in this series. Um, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I just I wish I I wish I could see that the the things that some people were saying about it afterwards. I really just cannot see anything amazing about this episode at all. Um, that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. I did. I just didn't love it. Hmm. What about you, mate? What do you think? Yeah, I really, 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 really wanted to like this one. Oh, I guess I really liked it, yeah. But I just didn't like it, mate. You didn't like it? No. Mm. I just couldn't get, I just, I've watched, I watched it twice, obviously, like as we do. Mm. And I thought to myself, on the second one, things will be different. Mm-hmm. It's like things are always different in the morning. <laughs> just yeah. give it another <laughs> go. Um, but do you know what, mate? I just can't, I think I'm in the same boat as you in a way where, when I saw Twitter blow up afterwards, I was thinking, "Am I? Did I watch a different program here?" I know, and I hate that feeling. Oh, I hate it as well. Yeah, I hate it because yeah. I feel like, "Oh no, <laughs> I'm being Mr. Grumpy again." Um, you know what? What? What are they seeing that I'm not seeing? Mm, yeah, yeah. I felt like that afterwards, mate. I thought, "Have I watched a different?" Um, oh, mm. I know what I've done, you idiot. I've watched last week's again that was on <laughs> Sky Plus, but now I was like, "What?" Have, I just can't see it. And I thought, oh, don't worry. I'll, um, because yeah. I, the first watch, I watch it just as a fan. I don't watch it as a reviewer. I just watch, because I know I'm going to watch it again for the podcast and then I'll put my reviewer hat on. But for the first one, I just, you know, just soak it all in. But both mm. times, mate, I just thought, I don't know what it is. I'm just not, just not feeling it at all. Not, no, not feeling it. And don't get me wrong, it wasn't a terrible episode. We've seen a lot worse, but it just, something just didn't. I just can't explain it. There was not. There was. There wasn't anything that particularly shouted out to me that said, "You know, this is awful." You know, why am I sitting here watching mm. this? I'm not going to get this 50 minutes back. It wasn't that. It was just. I just watched it and was just empty afterwards. I didn't feel like that was a great episode of Doctor Who. I didn't think it was terrible. And I've fallen into my own trap of, you know, because I can't stand people that are indifferent about Doctor Who. But here I am uh. being indifferent about it, and I just. Mm. Yeah, I can't explain it, mate. I just cannot get into this one. Like, and fair play to all the other, you know, there's pretty much 90%, I would say, of all the Facebook and Twitter stuff that I saw afterwards. Everyone was loving it and it was great. And I yeah. Was, you know, yeah. that's awesome. That's that's great. But I don't know. For me, I was just, I just didn't, I didn't feel anything afterwards. I, I can, I can understand it. Um, and I know, I know exactly what you mean because I, I'm like you. I, I will watch the episode like just sit and enjoy it or try to enjoy it on the first watch, you know, when it airs. And then I watch it before we record normally the night before with my notepad 
as like you said with my reviewer hat on but the first time i watch something i'm not you know i'm not going in looking for things to criticize or anything i'm just going in as a doctor who fan who wants to enjoy a piece of television and, and that's it like you said i I don't have my reviewer hat on the first time. So it's just really to get a feeling of the episode and, and hopefully enjoy it on a first watch for me. And then the second time I try and look for things to talk about and, you know, perhaps, oh, yes, that did work. This didn't work. Well, I liked that. I didn't like that. And, uh, mm, yeah, yeah. I, I do get what you mean by when it finished, I, you know, the first time, I did, a bit like you, I was like, well, yeah, it was it was all right. But, and then, uh, yeah, I, I, there was no sort of, wow, that there's none of that that was brilliant sort of reaction it was a sort of nothingness so i guess i'm on the same page as you there um i just wonder if people are just sort of just like the fact it was a bit more of a it, it was like the older style of you know writing of dot two in the terms that it was just a bit of you know a fun there was a bit of running around there was a bit on the conveyor belt there was fun little scenes it had a <laughs> menacing robot and it did feel more like this could sort of easily fit into the sort of uh, you know david Tennant era i would say yes no I easily agree. Yep. and i just wonder if that's why people enjoyed it so much because they just were relieved that we finally got an episode like that compared to last week's which was a very serious drama <laughs> piece, really, which bizarrely I absolutely loved. You know, I mean, it's it, uh, to me, last week's episode was fantastic. You know, I really enjoyed it. And this week's did nothing for me, but it seems a lot of people the other way around, because this seems to be what they consider to be a more traditional Doctor Who yeah, story. Yeah. And I, you know, and I don't think there's any such thing with Doctor Who. But you know what I'm trying to say. I, I just wonder if people are like, yeah, that's more like it. That's Doctor Who right there. You know, going in, robots, baddies, and that's what they wanted to see. So maybe that's why they enjoyed it more. I don't know. I know. And I wish I did. I, I'm very much like you. I, I don't want to come on here moaning every week about Doctor Who, and that's not what I'm doing. But I do want to enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> just found it was a bit – because, again, because it's such a short run, this series, it's just feeling like, okay, well, that's another episode off the – you know, that's another one that's going to be on the Blu-ray set that I'm not going to be that bothered about watching, you know, again, sort of thing. Yeah. No, I, I read you, mate. It's true. We've only got three episodes left, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. After yeah. this. So it's, um, yeah, and I don't want to put, you know, I don't want to be like that. In the same way, you, you don't either. I don't want to be like, oh, you know, time's running out. When are we going to have that cracker over? Because we've had some some very, very good stuff mm. so far, some really good things. Um. I don't know. I just, it's very. I, I'm just going to stop because I can't explain. <laughs> I really. I'm. It would take another podcast, I think, to try and put down why certain things aren't working and why they're not. I think it just boils down to good old. Just didn't like it. Mm. <laughs> I think that's all it is. I'm not going to try and you know give you some big spiel about how Jody's not doing things right or how Chibbers hasn't quite done this or the right. I didn't do that. I think it was a, a solid episode. I think. Rightly so, a lot of people liked it. I just didn't. Mm. <laughs> I can't explain it any more than that. Yeah, um, yeah. But let's talk about some good stuff though, because there were okay. some good elements in there. Yeah. Um, did you like the production values? I thought the robots looked very cool with that sort of grim, that sort of sinister. They were always smiling, which always makes it a bit more sinister. So that, I, I loved. You know. I did love the Kablam Man robots. Yeah, yeah. yeah I did. They they were very. They were suitably creepy. And hmm. they felt because the you know there's an actor inside. 
sorry to, to you know ruin the illusion, but because there's an actor inside, it gave it that slightly human quality of uh oh, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I mean? Because you could sort they weren't sort of doing their robotic acting; they were sort of just almost being a uh, you know norm walking normally with this robotic suit on, which made them sort of almost human and even more creepy, yeah. if you know what I mean. Because yeah. the the bit where they're sort of in the warehouse and. They're, you know, they're just sort of there lurking. And I thought they were used really well. Mm-hmm. You know, they were creepy. I would say they're the creepiest thing we've had in it in series so 11. So far, yeah. Yeah, so far. They definitely sort of put me on edge. And the best scene for me was when um, poor old Lee Max character, Dan, uh, <laughs> when he went down there and you just saw it grab his shoulders and then it immediately cut to a wide shot. And I thought that was a brilliant bit of uh, editing because mm-hmm. it really made me go, whoa. He's, oh, what's just happened to Dan, you know? So <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. they were used really well and I did like them in it, yeah. Yeah, I did. And I like the look of them as well. They did look cool, like the the, the bright eyes and the smile and stuff. It just mm. had a... And the voice, the, the voice yeah. of it as well was creepy. Yeah, very cool. And because we've seen, there's nothing new, is it? We've seen robots and androids go bad in, in Doctor Who a few times before. That's the only thing I would so, say. It's not yeah. exactly original. You know, it's a very robots mm. of death type scenario. Of course, but yeah. yeah. I, I'll let it off because it, it entertained me, and I, and I did think they looked good. Uh, the voice of them was um, Matthew Granville, 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 um, <laughs> apparently. And I'm just looking because I think people were saying he was the killer in Broadchurch. Uh, yeah, uh, so it might was, be one um, of Chibbers's actor yeah. mates again. But yeah, I really like the voicing because it was quite a sort of. Uh, Again, a bit robots of death, wasn't it? It's was quite a sort of posh, not posh, but yeah. a very sort of down-to-earth accent, which made them very creepy, I thought. Yeah, he was uh, Matthew Gravel. He was um, Joe Miller in Broadchurch. Right. The oh, hug. gosh, if anyone hasn't seen it, they've just ruined who the, oh, who the killer was. <laughs> I think the, the spoiler's time frame is well and truly. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> on that yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's um, yeah, so the robots thing, not original, but still pretty creepy and... And Sinister was quite good. They looked good, and they they were good with the humour as well, because there was a bit that I liked where they were saying, um, great conversation, guys, but let's have a bit more productivity. (laughs) I liked that, because, again, it was funny, but it was also a little bit creepy, because they're looking at you like, you could almost imagine them finishing that sentence with, let's have a bit more productivity, or you'll die. You know, (laughs) I thought that was good. Yeah, now it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What do you think to the sort of the storyline then around the robots because it kind of uh again this isn't anything unoriginal but mm. it alluded to like a, a far off future where a lot of humans roles have been replaced by machinery and robots and stuff but there's this um sort of fight back happening where all of the um all of the workforces I'm not sure if it's like a galaxy wide thing or if it's just on the the planet and this moon where this was set um, but there, there has to be a, a, at least a ten percent human workforce. There, it can't mm. all be robots and machines and stuff. So yeah. it kind of alluded to because that is one thing that's always since the age of sort of engineering and stuff. It's always been a gradual thing. You know, are humans going to be replaced by, or sorry, are humans' jobs going to be replaced by robots and computers and all that stuff? So it did allude to a to, to sort of un, sort of a common sci-fi sort of story thing so I, I thought it was quite good though how it was linked into something just completely non-serious so they could mm. have done it in like a big pharmaceutical thing it could be a big 
biohazardy thing. It could whatever, but they decided to sell it in just this retail, you know, Amazon style yeah. warehouse. So I thought that was a nice sort of flip. It could have been a very serious episode, but it was quite funny. Did you, did you think the story was sort of worthy? Yeah, yeah, I like that kind of storyline because it's quite relatable, isn't it? It's something we're all aware of that, uh, you know, any day now we could all be replaced by machines. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I did like that that style of story, you know, and I've, I've worked in sort of places like that before as well. And um, so, yeah, I did, as I said, just because I thought it was quite relatable and you could, you could sort of, um, you could sort of see why the guy who actually turns out to be the villain does in a way what he's doing. You sort of think, oh, okay, there was a reason for him you know, he wasn't just an evil baddie doing it to be horrible. He actually was trying to sort of um, do it for a good cause, although what he was trying to do was obviously terrible. But, you know, there was <laughs> yeah, a reason yeah. for it. So it all kind of tied in in terms of the storyline, I thought, which was good. Yeah. No, it was pretty good. Mm. Yes. And what did you think to... So just very, very quickly, every episode we've always said it looks fantastic. Do you think that that's carried through still? Do you think this episode in terms of visuals is all good? I think this is probably the the one that, you know, the the less budget, you know, when they when they're putting the budget for each episode, they probably thought, well that one we can cut back a bit and give more to this episode because it, you know, it was quite contained. It was mostly in that warehouse and it still looked good. Uh, I don't mean it was a bad thing. The episode still looked good, but it wasn't as visually striking as we've had every week, but that's not that's not a bad thing. You know, it makes the episode different. Um, But I did think the bit on the conveyor belt looked great because obviously it was, I assume that was green screen. I don't don't know. I don't know how they did it. I would say Uh, so. You know, the bit where Ryan and um, Yaz and uh, what's his name? The guy who turned evil. Um, Charles, was it? I can't remember his name now. (laughs) I can't remember his name. That's nothing new. Charlie. Yeah, Yeah. Charles. I just poshed him up a bit charlie yeah the, you know the bit where they they were on the conveyor belt and he gives him the high five and he falls to the next conveyor belt and they have to jump oh, yeah. i thought i thought that looked really good i mm. mean i couldn't work out it, it must have been green screen i guess it would yeah it would. Yeah. but it looked pretty decent didn't it, it didn't look like you, you didn't get to that bit and think oh dear you know the, the money's run out sort of thing it, <laughs> i thought it looked pretty decent um and the, the shot of the tardis landing you know, that was quite sort of Seventh Doctor era. I liked that with the pink moon or whatever it was. And so, yeah, I think it looked okay. It just, as I said, it looks like it was the sort of budget episode of the series, but they still made good use of what they had. You know, the, the garden, it was all quite simple stuff this week. It wasn't great visual landscapes and special effects. And I thought the TARDIS interior looked quite nice at the beginning because we got to see sort of like that they look through the walls and that seems to be the scanner now. And I thought, yeah, that's quite nice. You know what I mean? She was like, they, they were like looking at something. Oh, I can't remember what it was oh, now, yeah. but yeah. I thought, yeah, that's quite a nice idea. I mean, I'm still, I'm never going to love that interior, but it's, um, it does, it's beautifully sort of lit in its own way for what it is. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I just yeah. laugh every time I see those little, the very last shot, and I'm sure you were the same when <laughs> yeah. Graham puts the box on the floor and we get that low angle shot looking up and you see the little, uh, the little <laughs> fingers, I'm going to call them the little, just going up down like yeah. oh, I don't know I just it just looks tacky but yeah. um but yeah it looked it, I thought it looked nice at the start I thought you know the way it was lit and everything it's uh is it growing on me I don't know slightly I'm never gonna love that console but it's I don't know sometimes when we get to see a bit more of it like that I think it it looks better <laughs> no it's um yeah it's not it hasn't grown on me I'll be honest but no it's, no um yeah it's interesting it was a funny scene to open up with 
Um, yeah, it was whole, like a blind man. Yeah. yeah. Doctor getting very excited about it and opening up the fez, of course, which is a nice little nod. The fez, nice little nod, yeah. yeah. And um, Ryan definitely bops the, pops the bubble wrap, though. So what's going on there? He definitely, because oh, I spe- specifically watched carefully on the second watch to see if he did. Because the first time I watched it, you know, I was like, well, hang on. He, I'm sure Ryan popped the bubble wrap in the beginning. You know, so why didn't it? Oh, yeah. A lot of people so, said that. It's, uh, yeah, it's, an easy, so what, it's an easy one to get around. Um, the t- what, the TARDIS? No, it's just that, that the if you think about how the, the size of the Kablam factory, the warehouse... Yeah, and I think earlier on in the story they did allude to how just how many workers were there and how many parcels were going out. Um, that guy who was sabotaging them—he wasn't sabotaging every parcel that went out. Oh, I see. So there was like millions of parcels that went out completely fine. He was just doing them in like little, which is why you get those power drains now and then. That was when he oh, was, right. you know, doing his thing. Doing his thing. I yeah. guess you. So okay, that's good then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the scene with the conveyor belt and all that stuff, it was very... Have you ever seen um, Monsters, Inc.? Yeah, Disney yeah, I love Monsters, You know the bit when they go into the, the whole warehouse bit with all the doors and they had that chase scene for all that? I thought it was just like that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was well done, though. And there was, a, <laughs> yeah. there was a bit before that which you could see that the um, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 filmmaking technique didn't quite work for me. So you know when they're at the higher level, because before mm. that they said, we need to get down to the basement level and what's her face um, from Corrie? What's her name? Yeah, yeah I know. Julie, uh, yeah, she said, oh, you can't, you can't even get down there. There's not even a route to get down there. So Ryan has this idea that they'll jump down the chute. So this is before they land on the conveyor belts in the big monsters ink bit. So when they're flying down the chute, yeah, the, the way that they tried to do it was not the actors sliding down past the camera. It was like a like a big wind machine on their face. Oh right, you know. And I, when I when I saw that, especially on the second watch, I was like, mm, "Yeah, this is not. This doesn't work at all." Oh, I'll have to look out for that then yeah. next time I watch this. I didn't notice that. Uh... Um, I must admit, I, I've got to, you know, I've got to be terribly honest. I hate to admit this. I was on my phone a bit the second time I watched this. <laughs> and that's probably one of those bits. And I know that's a terrible thing to admit, but I was a bit bored second time. Um, that's probably one of the bits where I wasn't watching. But I'll have a look next time, see if I can spot it. Yeah, yeah I can see what they try to do. It's like the, the reverse of what you're trying to achieve. but Yeah. Which is not as yeah. much work, you know. But anyways. Um, but no, I thought the... Uh, the whole conveyor belt scene was all very good and Ryan was really funny during that scene. And yes, he was. Yeah. He loves all I that liked stuff him in that me. bit yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, what do you think to the the look and feel of everything then? Because it had a very clean cut, futuristic. Some of the mm. sets were very nice. Yeah, yeah I thought um, Yeah, I thought it looked, as I said, I think they worked well with the, they used lighting a lot in this episode to make, you know, if you think about it, a lot of it's sort of warehouse mm. packing you know, containers and stuff. It's a pretty boring set, but they managed to light them really nicely and make them look quite interesting and good. Even the little bit where they're, you know, putting the uh, parcels together looked, you know, beautifully lit and everything. So, yeah, I think they made the most of what they had, to be to be honest. I think it looked pretty good. The music was quite different this week as well. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I yeah. thought. Um, yeah. And because that added to the whole feel of the episode and I, I like it. I think... Um, I think uh, Sagan, Sagan, 
I think he's, you know, it's shown that he could sort of mix it up a bit. uh, Because as much as I loved um, Murray Gold, he did sometimes churn out the same sort of little bits of incidental stuff every week. Whereas I thought Segan, he's still got those sort of chord riffs coming in, but there was a bit more sort of more guitar-y type Mm -hmm. stuff this week. And it suited the episode very well, I thought. So, yeah, sort of the look and feel of it, I thought, was uh, was good. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that's been just top-notch throughout all of series 11 is Segan's mm. music. It's yeah. all of it's been like, what a, um, a delight though, because there must have been a little bit of concern when you've had somebody, when you've had Murray Gold who've, who's done it for so long mm. and it, that's just what the fans know, you know, for 13 years or whatever it was, that's just what, that's just the music from Doctor Who. So when you make a big change like that, because even when they've changed Doctors and they've changed themes and intros and all that stuff, his yeah. music has always been there. And even though he's changed it up a little bit, it's still got that Murray Gold feel. So when you have someone else come in, it's like, oh, you know, is this going to work? Because it's a bit experimental at times and a bit different, but mm. he's just nailed it every single week. I mean, there was a couple, oh. of, a couple of them where I didn't really hear his music that much. Um, there was one story, what was it? I think it was... I think it was a Saranga conundrum, actually. There wasn't a great mm. deal of music in it, but he's just been brilliant. Yeah, I think, was it um, was it the Spider episode you said you didn't notice so much? I can't remember now. Oh, but, it might have been that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I do. I'm really liking his score. Um, I'm really liking the different feel that he's brought to the show. It totally fits. So far, it's totally fitted each episode really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he carries on and, and does series 12, whenever that might be, um, I think he will need to mix it up again, though. There are, there's this uh, chord sound that he's got, which he's using a lot, and uh, and I'm not bored of it in any way yet. But if he was con- to continue using it, I can see myself getting a little bit bored of it. So I hope he'd have to mix things up in series twelve if he carries on. But but I'm loving what he's doing so far. Okay, no, I agree, mate. Completely agree. It's um, yeah, can't wait to get a hold of the soundtrack when oh, they release it. Crikey. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some characters then. So, um, the antagonist, Charlie, Charlie the, uh, boy, the little maintenance guy that we all <clears throat> took to initially and thought he was a, a nice, sweet guy, turned out to be a little beep. <laughs> I didn't see that twist coming, I'll be honest. Did uh, you? No, not at all. No, nope. so that's that's another good thing because no, I must admit, when it turned out to be him, I was just like. Oh, right. I, I did think it was a very good twist, yeah. Um, and I love the fact that it's because he was at the window trying to stop... Um, character, what was her name? Kira, was it? Trying to pop the bubble wrap. He's like, no, yeah. no. And I thought, yeah, so they then realise that he knows what's going to happen. And so, yeah. So it was a good reveal, I thought, and a, and a nice twist. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and as I said, I didn't see it coming, so it was good. Um, to, in regards to his acting, I thought he was pretty... <laughs> ropey up until that point though like son, as soon as he turned bad he seemed to come alive he seemed he did, to really yeah. go for it and i thought oh he's, he's quite good but up until then he was very t- very sort of theater acting in his performance especially the awkward scene between him and uh kira where they're like oh you know that awkward <laughs> yeah. looking at the ground oh, that was so badly acted between the both of them but so yeah i don't know he it, he saved himself for me in terms of his acting at that point because I'd sort of written him off up to then. I was thinking, oh, he's not a very good actor, is he? Because um, he's sort of playing this sort of wet, mm-hmm. yep. you know. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, he did. He did come good in that point, you know. Yeah, no, you've hit the nail on the head with that, mate. I thought, um, what's the guy's name? Leo Flanagan. He uh, he was a bit. I think he was playing it reasonably okay before he went baddie. So I think he came across as this sort of love-struck little puppy. Yeah. Good guy, um, which was okay. But then, yeah, I think when he turned bad, he sort of ramped it up a little bit, especially when he had that big rant in front of the doctor and, and those guys about why he's, you know, when, you know, it's like a James Bond villain moment where the plan mm. all comes out, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, he sort of ramped it up a bit then and he was really cool. But before then, yeah, he was a bit... I liked it when he threw the thing down on the floor and smashed it. It's like, see, you can't stop it now. Smash the thing up. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> the little device is all, all smashed. And what did you think about him getting his comeuppance? About if, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, really, because although what he was doing was a terrible thing, he he was sort of trying to save jobs for the human. There was a sort of good thing behind his thought pattern, wasn't there? So... The way he executed his plan was awful because he was going to kill people to make his point. But he was basically doing it so that the humans, you know, so that humans will always have jobs. So there was a good thing behind it. But what did you think about him being blown up? Um, I mean, for me, it was like finally someone bad, you know, has, 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 you know, has not just walked out of the room and left like we've had every you know or, or disappeared like we've had every week so finally mm. something's happened to someone but but also the doctor sort of she didn't make much effort to save him she's like this is your last chance you know come on but do you think it was good do you think it was a good moment when he got blown to bits um did he deserve it i think so mm. yeah because at the end of the day he's about to commit an act of terrorism yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm so, not trying to justify what he was I know, trying to do, but yeah. So I yeah. think just on that basis alone, and the doctor did give him a couple of chances. She gave him a, a couple of opportunities to yeah. to jack it in and, you know, everything would have been you know, okay. But I don't know. I think I think sometimes Doctor Who just needs to do that. Oh, it definitely needed it, especially yeah. this series. God, I'd have liked to have seen that happen to the, the racist... Uh, time traveler i mean he really needed his comeuppance oh, he, yeah. didn't, he yeah. just disappeared you know so yeah this series definitely needed it i thought yes so i wasn't too well don't get me wrong i didn't afterwards think oh no no not no Charlie. nor did i yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah i was just thinking oh are they yeah another side to the doctor where she's like you know starting to find him find her feet a bit saying you know come on you've only got one chance and i'm or i'm gonna leave you i thought okay it's, no that's quite good talking to budget actually you know you're saying about the look of the episode all those kablam men that were all lined up like the kablam army oh, yeah, yeah. looked fantastic didn't it mm. i don't i assume that they were partially cgi'd i don't doubt very much doubt they had all those co- no, so they must no. have been they, they probably had like 10 and then duplicated them using you know a computer but so that looked fantastic didn't it when the kablam army was revealed really good yeah yeah that did look good very very cool mm. what did you think to kira then the very sweet little oh dear sweet Kira you only ever got one present in her whole life um she was alright wasn't she again she was a bit like Charlie in that sometimes I thought she was quite good and other times I thought her acting was terrible um so I thought she was quite good at the start when she's talking about why she does her job uh I thought she was bad when she was trying to do the little flirty thing with Charlie but then I think she came quite good again when she was locked in the room and was just like, what's going on? So she was okay. She was one of the, she wasn't too bad in her performance. 
Yeah, same. She was okay. Yeah, Nothing, yeah she know. was likable enough. You know what I mean? I didn't. I wasn't sort of sat there thinking, "Oh, blimey, she's all she's." But she was likable. I think. Yeah. And I think yeah. she's she was her characters in there to provide sort of the emotional connection. Yeah. For us, you know, to anchor onto, so that when she does die, it's you know a bit more of a shock. But yeah. And again, I didn't realise she was going to die. No, no, I, I did. No, I was I was surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, what about um, the character called Slade, played by Callum Dixon? He's came across as the very uptight manager type of guy. Yeah, I know what he was going for, but he didn't really work for me <laughs> uh, in terms of his acting. I just thought he was a bit, bit rubbish, really. I mean, I, I get the character he was trying to portray, and uh, I think he was okay. But uh, yeah, I was just sort of thinking, oh dear, not not the best actor, really. Mm. It was not very yeah. believable. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit, bit pantomime villain, even though he didn't turn out to be the villain. He was sort of trying to be this hard-nosed boss. He's got the clipboard and, you know, I yeah. just thought he was just a bit wet, really. I agree. No, I agree. Yeah. Can't yeah, argue with that, really mate. Yeah. Yeah. What about Dan then? Played by Lee Mack. Oh, I liked Dan. He was cool, wasn't he? Dan. 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 I kept Dan. thinking of Alan Partridge. Dan. Alan Partridge. Dan. Dan. You can't hear me. Um, Dan. Yeah, no, I like Lee Mack. I mean, it's just he's playing the same sort of character that he always plays, and I have no problem with that. Mm. I just I think he's likable. I thought he was fun. I love the bit where he's got the poster and he's like, "Yeah, look, I'm on a poster and all that sort of stuff." So for me, I kind of wish he'd been in it a bit more. I wish he'd, you know, if you're going to kill him off, I'll kill him off a bit later on because I I wanted him to be in it more. Um, So there's a nice scenes between him and Yaz. Um, Yeah, I thought he was good. Yeah, I really liked him in it. Yeah, I thought, do you know what? Because I think Lee Mack is a huge Doctor Who fan in real life. He's a bit like... I think um, he is, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's quite up there with Frank Spencer, but I think I think he's a, a huge... Frank Skinner. Oh, did I say Frank Spencer? Frank Spencer. Oh, God. Bessie. Oh, man. Why did I say <laughs> that? So That's he's brilliant. Not, he's not quite up there with Frank Skinner, but he <laughs> is a huge fan nonetheless. So I think from yeah. his point of view, I think he'd just love to be in it. Even if he was in it mm. for 10 seconds, he would have loved it. But I think his character, though, should have been in it quite a bit more. Oh, I'd like him to have been in it more yeah. before he was bumped off because I, I was, yeah, I was really liking him. And I, again, his performance was nice. He's not the best actor, but it was a nice performance and um, and likable, you know. I just, yeah, yeah I would like to see more of him. Uh, and what about Judy Maddox then, played by, uh, what's her name? Uh, Julie Hesman. <laughs> what's her name? <laughs> Julie Hesman Hal. I can never, or Halg, I can never say it properly, but. Yeah. Um, what was her? I only know her from Corrie, really, and Broadchurch. Yeah, I was going to say the same here, mate. Early from Corrie. Early from Corrie. Um, I've got to be honest, I was a bit disappointed in her oh, performance. No, no because cause she's such a good actress. <laughs> she is And great, she's giving yeah. this really over-the-top, <laughs> I'm laughing at everything. Oh, I'm talking too much, aren't I? <laughs> I was thinking, for crying out loud, Julie, bring it down a bit. You know, you're not on stage. Yeah. <laughs> like just stop acting over the top so much. I, w- I was really quite disappointed. She had the look. I think the character was there for her to play, but she just hammed it up way too much. The stupid giggle that she did in between every other line. Right. Um. And I don't know if that's down to the director telling her to be like that. Because as I said, I Julie is a good actor. A good actor. Hmm. You know, I've seen her in other things. She could have been fantastic in that part, but she was just too over the top for me. I kept thinking, tone it down, Julie. For... <laughs> in other words, and this happens a lot, I felt like she wasn't taking it seriously. And with an episode like this that is fun, 
you can be like that to an extent. Like Lee Mack, I think, got it right. He got a good sort right. of line between serious and comedy. For me, she was just, it was as if it was like, oh, I'm in a kid's show. Oh, I'm going to be really zany and funny and oh, I'm really stupid, aren't I? And I just thought if she just toned it down a bit, I think she could have been a lot better. Um, so yeah, I, I was just a bit disappointed with her, really. Um, I'm not saying she was awful because she wasn't. She was okay, but just knowing how good she can be, I just found the performance a bit disappointed. Yeah, I'll what did you, you think to her? I'll read you. Uh, I thought she was okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think she was. Well, she's not as good as when I saw her in Broadchurch. Was it last year or the year before? Yeah, I thought her performance in that was. Like, oh, it's fantastic. Like, what, whatever the TV award thing is, BAFTA? Yeah. Whatever it She's is. She's a great actor, yeah. It was worthy of an award for sure. So yeah. it wasn't up there with that, absolutely not. But I mm. thought she was okay, though. I thought she played the... You can tell that she was sort of fighting for a cause a little bit. and But she, she was also taken aback by the doctor. You know, when the doctor said, I'm going to hold you responsible sort of thing, she that knocks her for six a little bit and she's a bit... um. Yeah, I think she was just trying to play it a bit too light. Right, I can see right. what she was trying to do. And, and like I said, it was, she wasn't bad. She was still likable in it. It's just that, I don't know, I just found myself getting irritated by her <laughs> sort of gurning and the silly giggles. And I just wanted her to tone it down a bit. I think she could have been fantastic in right, there. Because right. it was quite a sort of fun episode. She just could have brought a bit more t- to that darker side of a fun. You know, you can have dark and light mixing really well, you know. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just thought yeah. she was a bit too OTT. Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Tardis team. Yes. Tardis team, them. Yes. Uh, like Yaz this week. Um, I know she's not being given much to do, bless her, but, you know, scenes with um, Ryan, uh, scenes with um, Dan, sorry, great. Um, I loved the end scene when she said, can we go back mm. and yeah. give her daughter yeah. her dad thing? Lovely, lovely scene. And I thought she worked very well with. Um, Jody in that scene, the nice little sort of interaction and looks and stuff. So yeah, I liked Yaz in it, even though, as I said, maybe not given that much to do again, but I thought she was good in her performance. Yeah. No, I was thinking the same, but then in yeah. the same thought, I also, you know, you can't, because we've got a, dare I say it, busy TARDIS team. I don't want to use that word too fleet, but you know what I mean? It's with, mm. with three companions or friends or whatever you want to call God's sake. Yeah. Uh, I thought that you can't give them all something to do. You can't all give them meaty stuff to do in every episode, otherwise it just gets too. Eric, Eric Saywood said that BFI, didn't he? He's like too big a TARDIS team. You know, he's a writer. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, it's difficult. Um, good thing with this story is it did, it, because of the nature of the story and all the different job roles, it did lend itself to being able to give them stuff to do. Yeah. But if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just, it seems to be in, in, in each episode, it's either Ryan who gets the stuff to do or it's Yaz. Yeah. The, the, the two of them never have an equal waiting, it seems, but which is fine. That's not a complaint. It's just an observation, really. But yeah, so she was really good again, especially that end scene, really lovely. Um, Ryan had a bit more to do, though. What do you reckon, Sir Tosin, in this one? He was really yeah. funny, I thought, again. I thought he was funny as well. I thought he was really good because he was doing the whole, he's saying, like, you know, I did this back on earth, this sort of job. And and uh, the high-fiving and stuff, jumping down the chute. Um, he's, he's, he's quite good at handling the comedy as well as the action, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. I think, Tosin. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought he was good in it this week. I did. And those scenes as well, because um, sometimes he gets thrown into a scene, and I think he's 
they want him to be really funny and it feels a bit forced. You know, like with mm-hmm. uh, when he went up against the sniper bots, he's like, oh, Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. You know, and he's into yeah. it. And <laughs> you just think, well, it, it, you know, it sort of landed a bit flat because I think the, the writing sort of forced him to try and be funny. And, yeah. in, and it, when he comes across as just very quick-witted and naturally funny is when he's actually funny, you know. Oh, so, I, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, so I think it worked. Um, he works well in this one. I thought he did Yeah. Well. Uh, what about Bradley Walsh then? Oh, Graham. Graham. Um, I'm going to use the word consistent. Um, okay. I thought he was good in it. Um, there was no little, nice little moving moments from Graham Sweet, but that's fine because we don't need that every week. Mm. Um, so I think he was good. Um, I liked his reaction when he got given the mop. Yeah. He's like, oh, God, you're joking. Um, there was a great, there was a good bit between him and Charlie actually. Um, and I forget what it was. I remember thinking, oh, that was well played. Like, just the way he acted with him. Um, oh, when they're down like, in the maintenance room. Down yeah. in the maintenance room, yeah. yeah. Just a very natural, again, yes. natural performance from him. Yeah. Um, just He's just so believable, really. I think he, could just, he could literally walk out of the screen into your life, and you just he's a very realistic yeah. actor. Yeah. You know, he feels like a fully rounded character. So, yeah, I just thought he was consistently good. Yeah. I liked him again this week. No, I agree. And it, it kind of smacked a little bit again of uh what story was it the saranga conundrum oh Where yeah it did feel a little bit like he was just sidelined a sidelined uh, a little bit more than usual mm. in this one but that's not again that's not really a, a bad thing because he did you know we had the oh, hello cockle you know we had all that <laughs> yeah, hello, stuff cockle. And, yeah so it's not a I bad will, thing but i will say this he is and I don't think this is intentional, but there are a couple of scenes lately where it is starting to look a bit bored in his body language. And that might yeah, sound a yeah. strange thing to say. So I mentioned the other week that he stood in with his hands in his pockets and just sort of looks a bit looking around a bit, you know. And then this week he's like leaning on the desk when they're getting signed in almost really, you know, like you do when you're bored, you just <laughs> sort of lean on stuff and you put your hands in your pocket. So I don't know if it's intentional or if he's just a bit, bored but yeah there are i've just noticed a couple of scenes like that where i think he really does look genuinely bored <laughs> like he doesn't look like he's on a space adventure <laughs> yeah you know? true. But it's not yeah. it's not a criticism really it's just something i've picked up on but i don't know if it's intentional or not it's, i like that he calls the doctor doc still that's pretty funny yeah i know yeah. but I, i'm willing her to say it at least once <laughs> please kindly refrain from referring to me as doc, doc. just once let her say it <laughs> yeah so jody then let's get on to yeah, Jodie. Mm. Um, I would say she was good in this one. Not amazing, would, but good. Yeah, I was going to say I'm good. I find she's up and down like a yo-yo in her <laughs> performance. There are bits where I really love her, and then she, she goes and does a silly face or something, and I just think, oh, dear. Um, yeah, I, that's the only way I can explain it. She's. I thought she was good in this. Um you know, I, I like, there was a great scene. I this is actually, yeah, a good example, right? So there's a great scene where she goes in and she's being really tough. And she's like, if I find out this is down to you, you're going to answer to me. Mm-hmm. I thought, yes, you know, well done. What's his name? <laughs> Pete McTiger. That's the way we want our doctor written, taking charge. Ah, oh, what's he going to do? Throws it straight out the window. She turns around and goes, "Oh, was that all right? It wasn't too much, was it?" Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm like, no, <laughs> don't do that. I know, I You've know. just made the doctor strong, 
And then she immediately turns around and has to ask her companions, oh, was that a bit too much? Was I a bit too severe? And I'm just like, you've just completely just undone it. I know. And I, I thought, know. what a shame, you know, because we finally saw some, we saw some great moments from, from Jodie in this where she was really on top form, I thought. And then we saw some really, you know, moments like that that just completely undid it for her. Um, and also the, the biggest problem I have, and this definitely 100% is down to the writing, is when she has to explain stuff. Because she does it in this really, almost as if she's talking to the audience voice. So actually, so maybe it's down to performance as well, thinking about it. Um, you know, when she, you know, like when she's sort of um, explaining what the situation is, she really goes into detail. And the way she does it is she sort of says it in this sort of tone that's, it, it sounds like she's reading it off a page. And right, she's done it right. a few times now. So she's like, do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? So she'll say, yeah. so oh, he's going to do that because they go up to there and now they're going to do that. And I'm thinking, oh, why is she? It sounds like she's reading a book. And it really, really irritates me. It's the expedition. <laughs> the way she does it is just so forced. It doesn't feel like the doctor's talking naturally to someone. It feels like she's explaining the situation to, to the viewer without looking at us. Um, yeah, and it's down to the writing yeah. and it is actually thinking about it, it is down to her performance as well and the way she's doing it. Um, but she's done it a few times now, mate. Do you, do you know what I mean? There's been a few scenes. There was the end of this episode when she was explaining what the gunk was and why it was there and all that. Um, in the Saranga conundrum, she was doing it when she was talking about the energy particles mm -hmm. and it's just, it yeah. just feels incredibly forced all this expedition that she has to give. Um, and I just wish they'd tone that down a bit because it, it irritates me, quite frankly. Um, Does it? So, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you hide it very yeah. well. <laughs> so, <laughs> moments of moments of greatness from the Doctor. I love the fact that she she referenced the unicorn and the wasp this week when they were going into hiding. That was cool. Um, yeah. I thought some, you know, you know, I thought some of the face-off scenes between her and various characters were done well. Um, but yeah, I think other times she just, as I said, she just goes up and down in a performance. There's no consistency for me. So I thought she was good, but I didn't think she was great. I read you. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. And it's another one of those things where I mentioned earlier that after the episode, looking on Twitter and stuff and just seeing just the raft of positive reviews and everything. One mm -hmm. thing that I did see a lot was people saying, oh, Jodie's finally found the doctor that she wants to be. And Jodie tonight was was finally my doctor and she stepped up and but again that was one of those things where i thought i've, I've watched the wrong episode yeah i've yeah. completely or, or i've completely missed it you know i've fallen asleep you know i've got like what's the word i've got like sort of narcolepsy and i've just drifted off mm. unintentionally for five minutes i don't know but she was and good and don't get me wrong she was good and she is good she is very good and and uh, this is not a contradiction because a, a few people have said this. You know, you're contradicting yourself. She, you're saying she that she's good, but then you're slating her. I'm not not slating her at all. And she is good. She's great. It's just that I don't feel like she's... And uh, this has happened every week. It's like you, you watch a scene and you think, like you mentioned earlier, when she's like, you're going to answer to me and she's strong and she's confident, she's taking control. Mm. And you think, right, here she is. She's on her way. But then it just gets undone, like you said, within. Oh, I couldn't believe it when seconds. she turned yeah. around and did that. I was like, for goodness sake! Like there was a great scene where she stood up to the factory boss, wasn't there? She was like saying, "Right, mm. you know, don't talk to her like that." Yeah, you know, she's been really strong in scenes like that. 
she was great. Yeah. But it was another episode as well where she's the Sonic just getting used every two blood blimmin' minutes. <laughs> so excuse my language. Every two minutes that Sonic is being whipped out and just solving every oh, this is what it is. Let me just scan it. Yeah, I've got it. Let me just zap that. Uh, let me just get a signed in with the Sonic. You know, that that blimmin' Sonic is just driving me up the wall. <laughs> I I, re- I want it to be destroyed. I literally just want it to be blown to pieces. I'm sick of it. My finger's hovering over the rant jingle, mate. I'm, I'm just <laughs> save it for the finale. We've got three more episodes <laughs> to get through. Yeah, yeah. I oh, just honestly, oh, Sonic's driving me mad. I, I mean, she had she used the psychic paper and the Sonic at the same time. It's like, oh, yeah. I was speaking to a couple of people um, after the showing of Earthshock at the BFI, and when. They said, well, you know, what do you think to Jodie and Series 11 mm-hmm. and stuff? We went through a few things and every, I think I spoke to three people about it, just in general. And we all said the same thing. It's like, what's going on with Sonic? Why is it being used every 10 seconds? And why is she it's, doing this big you know, yeah, gesture? Big, to, mm-hmm. And uh, somebody I spoke to, um, uh, George, um, who I'd not, I don't think I'd met him before. He's a really cool guy. He said, doesn't it feel like a Harry Potter moment? Yeah, it does, yeah. So if you've anyone that's watched the Harry Potter films, the majority of times where somebody gets their wand and casts a spell, it's exactly that gesture, that motion. Mm-hmm. So it does feel very o- it OTT does. and Harry Potter. Yeah, You almost wait for her to say like one of, you know, like when in Harry Potter they say, because I'm not a Potter fan, so they say, <laughs> Expelliando or whatever they say. Yeah. yeah, you almost expect her to say something like that yeah. when, she, when she does it, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's got to go. I think overall though, in the in the episode, I think she was her performance was good, really, really good. It just again just feels like the 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 writing's just holding her back a little bit. It's like yeah. if you're gonna give her this conviction to like stand by her words and and you know and put fear in somebody and just take charge, then do that. Don't unwind ten seconds later and mm-hmm. make her this sort of coy. Oh, I don't know what what. Just- I mean, maybe in the first episode, like because people might be shouting us and saying. Yeah, she's trying to. She's still trying to figure out who she is, what doctor she is. You know, the, but come on, we're, this is episode seven of ten. Yeah, we yeah. should be. She should be the doctor by now. She shouldn't still be saying because she even said it, didn't she, in episode five or whatever. Oh, I'm still trying to figure myself out. Well, you've only got one series this year, and then it could be another year. Wait, you know, how long are you gonna take to figure yourself out? <laughs> Just get on with it. Yeah, oh, it, it's just again, it is down to the writing, though, isn't it? I mean, I think so. she should. Yeah. She should be the doctor by now, not still. Oh, am I being too harsh? You shouldn't still be asking yourself that. Yeah. Okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is there anything else that you want to rant about? No, I think I've ranted about it all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think it's me to go first. Uh, and I'm going to give this a four out of 10. Good Lord. Four out of 10. Okay. Um, I'm a bit ahead of you. I'm giving it a 6.5. Okay. Yep. Um, is that my lowest? Oh, no. So I'm just having a look at the scores so far. So, No, you gave Saranga a 4.5. Yeah, I'd put it on par with that. Do you know what? I think for me, if the acting had been better this week, I think this could have easily gone up a notch. Yeah. Um, it is mainly the acting that led it down for me. The pacing as well, a bit slow at the start. I mean, we had about five minutes explaining how a factory works. So this is the bit where we put it in a box. This is, you know, so I think this could have, because I like the storyline. I mm. really do like the storyline. I love the Kablam Man stuff. I just, yeah, it was all there. just didn't come together for me particularly this week so yeah do you know what mate for me that four is just because there wasn't anything in the episode that was original to me 
Mm, that's a, true. A lot of yeah. reused ideas, a lot of stuff that we've seen many a time before. Um, and yeah, and the acting was reasonable. It was pretty good. Didn't set the world oh, on did. fire. Wanted to see Lee Mack's character a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, it just didn't. I, and like I said afterwards, I just felt like, uh, just didn't really like that much. <laughs> Yeah, next. That's what it's, isn't it? It's like next one. Let's hope. Yeah. I mean, let's next week's trailer, be albeit short, did look quite good. So oh, I can't fingers, wait for next week. Fingers yeah. crossed, it's good. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. All right, yeah. What did our beautiful listeners think? Uh, we had a ton of audio clips in. Let's get a couple of these out of the way. This is Alex Kingdom. Hello, get over the Vigory Box Podcast. How are you guys both doing? Now, um, I missed last week's show, even though um, just because I was busy. Um, so I didn't like Demons of the Punjab, but we'll get in to Kablam, which is an episode that I loved. I loved Kablam. I think it's my second favourite of the series behind Rosa. I like the little robots of death uh, reference in there, the unicorn the wasp reference as well, you'll pick up on. I thought Jodie was again on fire in this one, uh, especially when she was standing up to that uh, boss guy. Um... I thought Graham was great, although, you know, he actually had stuff to do this week, which was good. Ryan, again, didn't really have a lot to do, but he shined whenever he did something, especially saying that he could get down to that level, but because of his um, disability, he couldn't, didn't want to do it. Uh, that was a great scene. Uh, yeah, there's all sorts of to do. So the main companions were great. Our old all our side characters were good. I can't remember any of their names, though. So I don't know what that says about it, but I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Loved it. See you guys next week. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. I'm noticing, yeah, I'm noticing this pattern. A lot of people who love this week's didn't like last week's. Yeah. And yet I'm the opposite. I loved Demons of the Punjab, but not this week. So maybe it's just a different style of writing appealing to different people. Mapes. Yeah. Mm. This is Sammy Satine from Down Under. G'day, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, kablam! Well, I like the idea of an outer space postal service. Unfortunately, once again, there was no threatening alien. Charlie and his deadly bubble wrap was subtle, but it was a waste of creepy robots. I like Dan. The highlight, though, was 13 and a Fez! Because Fezzes are cool, and 11 would be proud. I give it 7 kablam man delivery robots out of 10. See ya! Seven. Cheers, Sammy. A seven. Seven. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, let's jump on Twitter, see what you guys were saying. Rick Moran, who we bumped into at weekend, nice guy. Hello, Rick. Um, said he loved Kablam. That's how Doctor Who should be. Fun oh. escapism. Yes. Uh, the Hooniverse says a crazy kind of plot that just kind of works. Side characters are interesting and real. It's pretty well paced. Uh, it's an episode that shows that sometimes even the left has bad guys on it. <laughs> uh, Jody is astonishing, but still lacking something. Three stars. Out of 20. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> um, so Jacob Burtwistle said, my favourite episode this series. Love everything about it. And the idea of the deadly bubble wrap was genius. Um, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 there. Wow. Um, let's have a look. Rotide says, bloody loved it. One of the best episodes of the series so far. Wow. Goes on to give it an 8.9 out of 10. Um, Luke East says, uh, this ep hit all the right notes, creepy robots, lots of humour, the dynamic duo of Ryan and Yaz, and of course, Graham being so Graham-y, uh, gives it an mm-hmm. 8.5. As, Cheers, uh, Luke. As Matt Mahmood, uh, a fun romp with some hints of social commentary thrown in, the intrigue and mystery was good and well-developed over the course of the episode, it gives it an 8 out of 10. 
TARDIS grade. Really enjoyed the episode 7 out of 10. Jordan Shortman, one of our writers, was a lot of fun, he said. Uh, while the story was a little light on the ground, it was another fun runaround. Perhaps the best episode for a bit of audience escapism. Uh, mm, creepy okay. robots, fun action sequences, and Jody actually had some dialogue with a bit of bite. Overall, very enjoyable. Excellent. Uh, Etchy says, I enjoyed the Doctor a lot in this. Less chattery and more thinking. The bubble wrap should have been gas and killing the girl seemed cruel as she was lovely. Uh, great mm. idea and I love the viewing screens in the TARDIS. 7.9. Nice. Uh, let's breeze through a few of these. Uh, Time Lord 0902. Um, uh, decent enough after seven episodes, but I still don't understand the personality slash tone of this Doctor. Jodie comes across like a miscast cosplayer that no one would take seriously. Oh. <gasps> Can't stand a Sonic and calling her Doc. And why did they kill Kira? Uh, seven out of ten. Oh. Um, and there's loads more tweets. Um, yeah. Loads, loads more. I, can't, I don't have time. Uh, last one, let's do uh, Sarah Louise, a running Whovian. Uh, I've used that word so many times since Sunday's episode. It's the perfect punchy word to sum it up. Uh, it had the feel of both classic and new Doctor Who. I enjoyed the Agatha Christie and Fez references. The robots felt sinister and I was engaged and entertained throughout. Eight out of ten. Nice one. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, a couple more audio clips. Uh, this is Kathy Scott. Hello, everyone. Katie here giving her thoughts about this week's episode of Doctor Who, Kablam. So this week's episode was something different from last week. I really liked this episode because it was more action-packed, if you like to say that, than the episode last week. And it actually grabbed my attention a bit more. But it also was very accurate, like in the way they depicted how the states of the workers, what they had to endure during their work. What I also really enjoyed was that they put bits from the old seasons in it, like when Jody opened the package and she got a fez and you said, oh yeah, that's 11. And then when she said, yeah, would you like me to tell you about Agatha Christie? And I just like, oh yeah, that's, that's the David Tennant one, like uh, from Unicorn the Wasp, which was actually one of my favorite episodes of the David Tennant era. And I really, really liked that. The supporting cast this week was fairly good, in my opinion. The one who stood out to me the most, though, was the actress playing Judy Maddox. I think she had a main character in Broadway Season 3, if I remember right. But in her performance in this episode, she was really, really good. And I totally bought what she was selling me. Besides that, the episode was fairly good to me. I think one of the best from this season and I would like to reward it and give it a 9 out of 10 9 9 excellent nice one Kathy. that was a good review thank you thank you yeah Uh, another audio clip this is from the guys over at the Who Addicts this is Matt Rowney hey there Gary and Adam it's Matthew here from the Who Addicts now kablam I'm going to repeat myself from last week. I think, again, it was a very, very good episode of Doctor Who. A very strong and solid story. Um, I think the first 40 minutes are faultless, really. I thought the build-up to the conclusion was very good. It had a, a mix of the greatest show in the galaxy and the robots of death. It was sort of quirky but creepy at the same time. Um, so I thought the setting, the premise was great. I also thought the side cast were all very, very good again this week. The TARDIS team all were on top form. I think they were even better. They all had a little bit more to do this week. 
as was 13, um, especially at the end when she finally confronted Charlie. Um, she was very doctorish in that scene. So once again, I think Jodie has found her doctor. But again, the sonic screwdriver was very, very annoying in this episode. A few things could have been done better, but overall, it's a very, very good episode. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Another 8. 8 out of 10. Nice to hear Billy. Billy the bird in Billy the background the there, just yeah. giving his chipping in with his little comments. <laughs> yes. Saying, um, rubbish! <laughs> uh, let's carry on with the audio clips, actually. We've got two more to do. Um, this is George Tucker. Now, I'm pretty sure that I met George on Saturday. So if it is you, George, hi, nice to meet you. If it's not, then we didn't meet, and that's random and weird. But anyway, it's <laughs> George. Hello, everybody at the Blue Box Podcast. It's George here, and I'm going to tell you what I thought of Kablam. Uh, I really like this episode. I'm a big fan of Easter eggs and references, so hearing the uh, the quip to Unicorn and the Wasp and seeing the Fez at the beginning, I was like, yes, this is brilliant. I'm in Easter egg heaven. The fact that the villain in this episode actually wanted to go out and kill people and actually had a motive, you know, that old Charlie boy, he wanted to raise that 10%. They chucked, they basically chucked Lee Mac into a blender, pressed liquidize, and he was, Lee Mac's dead. He's a pile of big, gooey goodness, or badness, not goodness. Uh, I, I really liked the like, ending where Yaz was like, can I take this pendant to his daughter and tell her how much he loved her, that sort of thing. I thought that was quite heartwarming. Uh, and obviously having the um, main villain be Charlie Boy, you know, somebody who's uh, <laughs> been quite a, a nice character, helping Graham get all of these things, turning out to be... Uh, someone who's trying to kill a load of people with bubble wrap. Well done for making normal household things a little bit more scary, like Doctor Who should be, you know? Oh, I like this episode. I'm going to go ahead and give it an 8 out of 10. Oh, before I go, I like the way that Whitaker was using a Sonic in this uh, episode. She had to scan a load of things really quickly, and she, it was just the quick scan and then look, instead of all of like the showmanship, which in some cases is good, sometimes it just doesn't work. Like when she had to open the filing cabinet, it looked a bit awkward. Uh, all right, I, sorry I, had, I went on a little bit. That was just a little nitpicky bit at the end. 8 out of 10, brilliant episode. I hope to see you all next week. Bye. Another 8. Awesome, yes. Easter egg heaven. That sounds good. It does. But yeah. chocolate Easter eggs, please. Cheers, George. Thanks, mate. And <laughs> lastly, this is Martin Arnold. Hello, Time Lords. Well, that was a bit kabland for me. I don't think it really worked. Um, I've noticed that a lot of the indoors shots are kind of claustrophobic, which is a little weird. I really came to the fore in this episode, particularly in bo- on board the TARDIS, which... I'm beginning to question the design of the TARDIS, I have to say. The style is great, but it does feel too small, um, which is weird. I love the mannequins. They, they were great. They were they were perfectly pitched as sort of this a mixture of sort of, you know, corporate obsequiousness plus, you know, downright menace. But the payoff with the janitor, the mild-mannered janitor, was just, uh, just didn't work for me. It just didn't work. The idea is great, and I think it would have made a cracking big finish. Because um, I think their sort of British humour would really have brought out the story to the fore. Other than that, I think the script just let everybody down, especially, sadly to say, Jodie. I think she didn't get a good script at all. I'm going to give it a 6.5. I want to give it a 7, but I I, I don't think I can. Um, so that's where, I, that's where I sit with that one. Thanks very much. Cheers, Martin. Kabland, I love that. Kabland, yeah. Kabland. Oh, dear. 
Thank you so much, guys, for sending in your audio clips. Let's do a few of these over on the Facebook. Uh, Joseph Howe said this was very enjoyable. Nice twist at the end, and the Doctor was very active in this story, and it felt like a modern version of Robots of Death. It gives it a 9 out of 10. Uh, Lawrence Baxter, I thought this was a good episode. Jodie's Doctor continued to develop, so she seemed more in charge, and in places even a bit threatening. Uh, 7.5, James Coleman. This reminds me very much of my favourite of all time, The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Um, as a little bit of everything, great storyline, brilliant setting, sinister monsters, and even added an overarching message. Um, it goes on to give it a 9.5. Wow. Uh, Carl Evan Elwell. Uh, this seemed more like Doctor Who. A Who Done It in Space Mystery, a fun episode. First episode of the series I actually liked. 7.5. Wow. Miles McKenzie. Really enjoyed this one. Felt like an RTD era episode, which I love. However, I do feel the Kablam bots should have developed its own thoughts and plans instead of a human being behind it again. Uh, gives it a nine, though. Uh, Peter Adamson. Uh, sorry, Pete Adamson. Doctor Who is finally back on form. Jody feels like the Doctor. Interesting plot and actually threatening villains. Nine out of ten. Mm. Kevin Mullen really enjoyed it. Good to see Doctor Who commenting on social issues. In this case, working conditions at the big corporations such as Amazon, etc. Um, uh, and with shades of robots of death and feeling like a new, uh, feel like a virgin new adventure story. Uh, once more, Jodie was proactive, but the use of the Sonic is starting to grate a little. Not perfect, but enjoyable. Seven point five bubble wrap sheets out of ten. <laughs> Jeff Waddle, completely middle of the road. Mm. Seven episodes in, still don't know what the Doctor is going to be like. If this is it bland and not leading from the front then I'm done with her it <gasps> uh, wasn't a poor story but yet again not a proper villain just someone misguided did I miss something why did the lassie he fancied have to be killed it had shades of the happiness patrol and beast below but I'd rather watch those two again six out of ten. Six. Jessica Leffelman I loved it it was amusing suspenseful and definitely kept me guessing uh, who or what was behind the message each member of the TARDIS team had something meaningful to contribute and Jodie was fantastic as well dare I give it a 10 out of 10 wow Jessica 10 uh, Jason Thayer as someone who hates the self-checkout I liked the episode mm. the villain was a, uh, was a good twist TARDIS team was working like a machine and for once everyone had something to do 8 out of 10 mm -hmm. uh, Ian Palmer just short and sweet it was a banging episode exclamation mark and lastly uh, Ulrich Hillmeister uh, I really enjoyed the episode. Each team member was important and I had no idea who or what was behind the disappearing people. Doctor Who, as I want it to be, she saved the day by delivering the parcels to the robots and at least tried to save the villain. A 10 out of 10. A 10, another 10. Another one. Yes. Uh, thank you guys uh, for sending in your thoughts and um, reviews and your audio clips. I assume you got an overall positive message when you did it on your yeah. channel. Yeah, Geek Sandbag got, um, I would say, 95% positive. In fact, I think there was only two, maybe three that were a bit middle of the road, not not impressed. Um, yeah, mostly positive uh, feedback. Good. Good. Yeah. Rightio. Next week, the episode we're going to review is... The Witchfinders. The trailer Witch looks Finders. good. I've got high hopes for this one. I'm, Actually, I don't want to go into too much expectation, but it does look good. Yes, I'll be honest with you. This is the episode that I've wanted to watch for ages. You've been looking forward to this, yeah. yeah. Since we read the synopsis on it a few weeks ago, I thought, oh, this one could be a belter. Yeah. Could is that um, Alan Cummings under all that beard and Keith, teeth and curls in the trailer? Is that Alan Cummings? I don't know. Oh, okay. 
It could I think be. it's him. Yeah. I think it's him under all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Uh, so anyway, let's do it there for 210. Okay. Thank you, thank you, Who fans, for sticking with us and joining us for episode 210. It's been awesome uh, chatting through some pretty decent news and merch this week, but also giving you our thoughts on Kablamo. Kablam. Kablam. <laughs> Why do we do that? Kablam. <laughs> yes. Catch it. Next Catch week, it. the Witchfinders. Let's hope. Mm. Well, you, all of you guys, I think, well, the majority of you guys loved um, Kablam. So, uh, for us or for yeah I'm just hoping next week we bring it up a notch and we get a good old scary creepy decent villain monster baddie yes in the meantime though head over to our website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to every episode over there plus there's buttons to link off to all of the social accounts that we're on and we chat lots of Doctor Who during the week so give us a like and a subscribe on those things so we can to you, you guys so we can get involved in the community and stuff it's very very cool lots of cool Who fans chatting away it's all good and also subscribe to the podcast on any of the podcast networks we're on most of them uh, the biggest one being iTunes there's a big button on the website or just search for us in the app we're there and if you are an iTunes listener if you could spare a minute for a review and a rating that would be awesome because that really helps us lots also, check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. The Geek's Handbag, yes. Go and have a look. Nip over to YouTube, do a search for The Geek's Handbag. Give Adam a sub and a like on all his videos. So many cool things, so many cool videos. <laughs> but yes, I've said this countless times, but I'll say it again. You could get lost for hours just <laughs> surfing through Adam's videos. Very, very cool stuff. And you're also on the social things I yeah. as well. Facebook, Twitter, Insta, all of that stuff. All of that stuff. It's all good. Uh, so, yeah, as we said, next week, The Witchfinders. Let's hope this one uh, the crack of a story. We've only got three left. So uh, we need to start ramping up the, um, mm, the scores. The viewing on. figures are good still, which yeah. is good. But, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, also, um, thank you again for sending in your clips. Uh, I know it's a, a little effort to um, record a clip and send it to us. So very much appreciated. We love playing your guys' audio clips on the show. Keep them coming. Yeah. It's awesome. Radio. Until next week, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Uh, 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 <laughs> Londy. Londy. <laughs>